Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's really great to be with you. If you are watching live in a location, I'm delighted to be with you. And if you're watching online, it's also great to see you too. This has been a fantastic weekend as we have, as a church, gone out with red t-shirts on and invaded our towns and cities with the practical love of God. We like to call it our Serve Day weekend. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who's got involved in the weekend and uh, there's been stuff that we've been doing either side of the weekend as well. There have literally been multiple hundreds of people who've been serving across the five locations but it's actually involved six locations because it's been our joy to welcome Patrick and Lucille, our campus pastors from Toulouse and also a team from Toulouse who have been with us this weekend and we're delighted that they've been able to get involved and see what we are doing. I just want to share a few thoughts around serving, the principle of serving. You know, someone wise once said this, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. What I've realised is everybody wants to have the power and authority, but nobody wants to roll up their sleeves and get involved in the practical serving of our world. And I'm so glad that in Arena Church, there are hundreds of people who've made a decision to get involved and to serve not just their families, but wider, their communities and people in need. There are a lot of people who are saying at the moment what this world needs and they're putting, you, you fill in the, 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 the um, gap, the blank. This world needs blank, blank, blank. Well, some people would say we need a revolution. I, I would argue we don't need a revolution, we need a servolution. There needs to be a change of heart with our hearts towards serving and bring those two words together so there is a servolution that takes place. Let me just say across our locations, people have been practically serving. And of course, throughout the year, we're involved in all kinds of things amongst children and seniors and those who are who are really struggling on the streets with the homeless. We, we provide showers. We give food away. We, we, we help to house people. Uh, we've had, even had stories of people who've been coming in because of the awful things that have been happening in Ukraine. And we've been able to, you know, give coats and provide furniture and assistance, even to those people as well. But it's lovely when I get a, a live story. This only happened a week ago. There was a little girl who came into the Ilkeston offices with her mom. Her mom runs a business that's centered around bees. So bee candles and you know be air fresheners and all these kinds of things check it out on the on the internet or on Facebook it's bound to be on there and this mum came in with a little girl called Luna who's seven years old and they decided that they wanted to give a percentage of the sale of what they were doing that particular few weeks ago to the food bank at Ilkeston what a wonderful thing this family had seen the plight of people who haven't got much and wanted to be a blessing they don't come to our church, I don't think. But they came. But what happened as a result of that then, her mom uh, said that Luna, this little seven-year-old, wanted to empty a piggy bank 
and she wanted to give the money to food bank. And so that's what she did. And then she also made a promise that at Christmas, she would do exactly the same. You may say, what a terrific little girl and what a terrific family. But it goes even further than that. Helen Turner, who works in our offices and she works with Josh also as the campus pastors in Mansfield. She was overcome by it because she said this family came in and they literally left me a gift, a little parcel. And they said they wanted it to be a blessing to the pastor of the church. And in it was a beautiful card that was written by Luna. And just saying thank you for the work that we're doing. And in it was some air freshness and some candles and some other little treats. And I want to just say a big shout out if you're watching Luna and if you're watching Ann Naylor, I think the, the mum's name. Thank you so much. It's these kinds of things that make a difference in people's lives. What you didn't realize that day, I, I'd had a, already had a bit of a tough morning. <laughs> and to walk into this gift was just beautiful. You know, serving makes a difference in people's lives. I'm grateful that we're able to serve people, but also sometimes that serving then comes back on you. You know, Arena Church, we are saved, not just to get to heaven. We are saved to serve. Write that down. We are saved to serve. We are called to make a difference. And we can do that in the most practical and smallest and simplest ways. I want to take you to a story in Mark in chapter 2. And I just want to bring three simple thoughts from this story as we encourage one another to serve God more deeply. Mark chapter 2, it reads from verse 1, Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, and the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, and there was no more room even outside the door. It was very busy. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head and they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Before I go to the points, can you imagine the stir that this caused? Jesus is preaching the word. He's probably at a crucial point, and then there's a noise, but it's not just a little scratching noise. There's literally they're pulling away, and then they begin to see daylight. As Jesus looks up, he probably sees one of the guys smiling away as the man is lowered down in front of Jesus. I love this story. It's a story of so many lead principles. I love it because it's a story of friendship. These four men, surely were carrying this paralyzed man, were friends. They could have been relatives, I don't know. But they were friends. There was a passion of these four men. We must get this man before Jesus. There was a determination. We're going to tear whatever is in our way to get there. And there was a selfless service. They did the hard work. They pulled away. The paralyzed man couldn't move to get this man before Jesus. Now, Jesus went on and healed this man. But I want to remind us some principles that I think will help us 
in our quest to keep serving and keep serving strong. Can I just say this? Number one, they served a man, these four men served a man who could not help himself. The man was paralyzed. He couldn't move. And this is often the case in our lives. When we serve, we often serve people who can't help themselves. You know, we need to see the need before us. On our streets, I've said this hundreds of times, literally. See the needs. Open your eyes. Look in your workplace. Look in your schools. Look in your universities. Look, you know, in your, in, in your colleges. Look in your offices. Look in the hospitals, wherever you are. You can see needs before you. If you're like me, you just want to walk quickly. But I, I, many years ago, I heard a message about walking slowly through the crowd. You see the needs of the people. People who are devoid of hope and help. Many are friendless and live isolated. See the need before you. You know, it's easy though when we see the needs to say, well, it's just not my problem. I like these guys because they could have said it's not our problem but they helped a man who could not help himself and they didn't say to themselves well it's not my problem or they've got themselves in that mess so then get themselves out of it come on be honest how many times have we said that they got themselves there let them get out of it now there's a time that people have to learn I understand that but let's make sure we're saying that out of right motives and not just being hard and hardness Oftentimes we say, well, it's not my problem because we say, well, it doesn't affect me. And what doesn't affect me doesn't bother me. What a way to live. Many people say, well, I'll leave it to others. There's others who are paid to do that. The authorities and the council and the social services, they can do it. That's what they're paid to do you know what I believe the mandate of the church is to help people who could not help themselves and I've got good evidence for that because Jesus told a story of the good Samaritan there were those who looked away they said to themselves remember the religious two religious guys this is not my problem but it took a Samaritan who didn't connect with the Jews To actually say, this is my problem because it's before me. And I have the means to meet this need and I'm going to do it in the name of God. One of my heroes of the faith, a man by the name of General William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army and actually was born in our great city of Nottingham. That, By the way, congratulations all you Nottingham Forest fans, you're now going to be in the big time. But William Booth, he said this, You cannot warm the hearts of people with God's love if they have an empty stomach and cold feet. I am so glad that we as a church, we believe in the word of God that changes people's lives. But we also believe in practicing the works of God. Which is in Jesus' name we will give you a cup of water. In Jesus' name we will give you a shower. In Jesus' name we will give you some clothes. In Jesus' name we will fill your stomach. In Jesus' name we will support you through your addiction. Are you getting the point? In the name of Jesus. 
And this is the grace that's on Arena Church. Over the last 12 years, we have practically served our communities and there is more to come. And we do it in Jesus' name because we know that as we do those things, it will warm the hearts of people towards God. Let me give you a second thought. They didn't just serve a man who couldn't help himself, but they served And you must understand this. And it created a mess and a stir. You see, they made a hole in the roof. I've already commented on it. They removed the tile. They removed the thatch. I don't know what the owner thought. He was thinking, my goodness, I need to get a maintenance man, a roofer to come and fix it. They didn't care. They weren't being reckless. They just wanted to serve this man. And they knew that if they could just get him before Jesus. And it created a mess. For them and for those below. And this was my thought. Serving people is messy business. You know, sometimes people are waiting for all the ducks to line up. I've heard people, pastors who've said, we're waiting for this grant to come in and then we're going to do it. I am so glad, and I say it with absolute uh, proudness in the right sense and confidence, we're not waiting for those things. We didn't wait to go get the money and the grants in to go and do something. We went and did it. And what I know is this, when God gives you a vision and you walk in that vision, then he provides the provision. Can I encourage you to keep being the conduit, those who have means of blessing into our community. Keep giving generously. Keep giving a produce. But serving people is messy business. It really is. Serving people is dangerous. You may say, what? Yeah, it's dangerous to our hearts. The amount of times I've done things over the years that I've been in Arena Church to know thank you. To know gratitude, to know thankfulness. People take what you give them and then they walk away. And by the way, that isn't just outside the church, that can be in the church as well. Serving is dangerous because it's a test of your heart. Why are you doing it? It can be thankless, it can be costly, it can hurt, it's inconvenient, and it's often demanding. Serving is dangerous. Don't serve God because you want to get, uh, you know, uh, be recognized by the Queen. Thank God for those who are to get an MBE or whatever. No, we don't serve for accolades. We don't serve for awards. We don't serve for fame. We do it because we want to do it in Jesus' name. Quickly, thirdly, it caused a mess and a stir. But this is really powerful. And this was the picture what I saw of the weekend that we've just gone through. They served together. And it was impactful and effective. Get the picture. There were four men working in unison. They determined together, we are going to get this paralyzed man to Jesus. The paralyzed man says, but the crowds are going to be there, guys. I'm not, it's going to be too much like hard work. I'm heavy. I'm difficult to move around. They say to themselves, no, no, don't you worry about those things. We will take care of you. We'll wrap you in a blanket. We'll work together carefully. What what if you drop me? We won't drop you. And if we do, we'll pick you up. We just want to work together to get you to Jesus. Have you got the thought? They served together. They put down what they were going to be doing. They could have been saying, I'm going to have an afternoon's fishing. I'm just going to sip some coffee. I'm just going to enjoy myself. No, they determined to put on their red t-shirts and serve together. And it was impactful and effective. 
One of the films that I like, and please excuse me, I was trying to rack my brains if there was bad language or there was any scenes. I don't think there were. There were probably fewer, a few naughty words, but it's a, it's a funny film in many ways. It's an old film called Cool Runnings. It's a bobsleigh team, the Jamaican bobsleigh team. And now it's a true story, well, written around a true story of how they went to the Winter Olympics. And there you see these guys having to learn to work together. And as they worked together in unity and alignment, it was beautiful what happened. You know, two are better than one, the Bible says. One can chase a thousand, but two, the Bible says, can chase ten thousand. You say, how is that possible? Well, scientists have told us it's called the power of synergy. When you pull your strength, you're able to do more. If you're able to lift 100 kilo, and there's Jack here who's able to lift 100 kilo, we think, well, we can lift 200 kilo together. That is not the truth. The reality is we'll probably end up moving 350 kilo. It's called the power of synergy. And this is what happened here. This is what happened at the weekend. This is what happens every day of every week. As we have a servolution in our locations, teams of people coming together, praying together, working together, serving together, laying down your thoughts and opinions. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Just for the bigger cause, we come together across Mansfield and Belper and Nottingham and the Hub, across, you know, Toulouse and into all of our locations. You know, it's been great to hear of, you know, uh, the hub team fixing a garden and the Nottingham team decorating a school classroom and all that the guys were doing in Mansfield and Ilkeston and those down in Belper, down the river. Wonderful. Working together. This story teaches us many things. It teaches us as we serve others and we do all that we can then God will do the rest. I say that because these men in faith went and they lowered this friend to Jesus. They did all they could do and then they left the rest to God. They left the outcome to God. Now it just so happens that this story finishes up really quickly because you have to read on and we haven't got time but in verse 12 of Mark 2 it reads <laughs> that this man got up and he took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this before. We have to leave the outcomes to God. All we are called to do is serve and love and help and encourage and lift and we trust God with the rest. But let me be clear, the miracle in this story would not have happened without the men taking the initiative. And it shows what friendship and selfless service can accomplish. I just want to fuel a servolution across Arena Church. I want to fuel a servolution where you work and where you live and where you study. Can we believe? Can we see a servolution in our hospitals, across our railways, in our shops, in our offices, in our schools, and in our churches? May God help us.
Can I just give you five takeaways? Time's gone. These are just some practical things. Write them down and mark yourself. Think about them. Serve with love. This is the basis why we do it. It motivates us and compels us. Secondly, serve with passion. We get to do it. Wow, not we've got to do it. We serve with joy, with a smile on our face. We serve with gratitude, remembering all that God has done in our lives, remembering where we could have been, where we should have been outside of God, only by the grace of God. So we serve with gratitude and we also serve with purpose. I do believe this with all my heart, that the opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity, as one prophet once said, seasons of openings. Five things that we could serve in. I think it's appropriate for me to read once again. And Jonathan Kirk, our Nottingham campus pastor, wrote a contemporary version that's actually in my office uh, on the wall there. But I want to go back to the original. General William Booth. It's a famous quote of his. This is what he said. And it really encompasses everything that I believe in as a serving community. He says this, while women weep, as they do now, I'll fight or I'll serve. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight, I'll serve. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight, I'll serve. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight, I'll serve, I'll fight, I'll serve. To the very end, we are saved to serve. Thank you so much, Arena Church, for your generosity of heart, the way that you serve and go about things. But could it be that God's saying, come on, there's more. There's more that we can step into. There's more that you can do. There's more that your family can do. There's more that you can do in your location. Could it be that God's speaking to all of us today? I wonder if we'd bow our heads in prayer. Lord, thank you for the opportunity of serving. While every eye is closed and head is bowed, even this message, this service is meant to serve you. It's wanting to bring you to the one who makes the difference in our life, his name is Jesus. And he came and served you when he hung upon a cross. I wonder if you today want to put your trust in Jesus. I wonder if you want to say today, Christian, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you today, while every eye is closed and head is bowed, you say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for serving me. Thank you for giving everything for me. I'm sorry for the things I have done wrong. I put my trust in you. Come into my life and change me. Listen, if you've prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody at the campus or contact us at the office if you're online and somebody can help you at the beginning of your journey. Can I just pray over all of Arena that we would just have a fuel, be fueled with serving? Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for the encouragement of this word. 
We just want to serve you with all of our hearts. We want to leave nothing out there on the playing field. We want to give it all for you. I pray, God, that we would serve with all of our hearts and we would serve out of obedience. And your love would continue to motivate us and compel us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And for your glory, Jesus. And everybody said together, Amen and Amen and Amen. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you real soon. As always, I love you. I'm praying for you. I really am. And I believe in you. God bless you.